Welcome to Liberties Talk, the podcast of Liberties Journal. I'm Celeste Marcus, managing editor of Liberties and the host of this podcast, on which I chat with our writers in the larger Liberties circle about whatever is on our minds. On this episode of the podcast, I have the pleasure of talking with Andrea Marco Longo, who uh, had an essay in the first issue of Liberties. She is an accomplished author. She's published many books, one of which is available in English. It's entitled The Ingenious Language, Nine Epic Reasons to Love Greek. In this episode, I get to talk with Andrea about what the pandemic has been like for her as a writer and how it has changed her own perception of herself as a writer and what what her role should be, um, which, as as she explains beautifully, is not a thing that she had occasion to really consider before. Just want to give you a bit of a heads up. Um, towards the end of the episode, we talk about a period in her life when she was in high school when she didn't speak. If you read her essay in the first issue, you'll know what that's about. She writes about it there, um, but we don't really describe it so well, so I just want to let you know. Um, the summer before that year of high school, she lost her mother, and it radically changed the way that she related with other people. Um, so it was relevant in the discussion, and I just wanted to let you know in case it was confusing. All right, enjoy the conversation. Andrea, the thing that I noticed the first time that we tried to have this podcast, I was rereading your, I was rereading your essay and your book, and I just noticed that so much of your writing is about trying to engage with your readers in a way that I don't think is true for all writers. Um, and I was doing this like at the, we start, we like tried for the first time, what, like two months ago, something like that. So yeah. like after a year of yeah. COVID quarantine being isolated and I just felt like, I wondered if it was frustrating for you as it has been for me to try and write in an environment where there are just no new voices um, so let's just start off with that. What, what has quarantine been like as a writer? But, um, yes, and thank you. Thank you for this uh, question. And, uh, um, yeah, as uh, you used the, the, the word frustrating, yes, uh, we, the writers, but not only, we, uh, only us, we are living, uh, it's been one year that we are living a very frustrating moment and uh, but I have to say, I have to admit that um, I feel some way thankful uh, because this quarantine, this lockdown, and this quite of separation or cutting off of the literary world or generally on the world helped me to 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 think about to rethink about uh, my role and my attitude as a writer. Um, I well remember the beginning. It's been one year ago now, uh, I felt completely, completely lost, completely cut off the, of something that I can't uh, barely um, uh, define. Um, I, I was feeling, um, um, I was feeling uh, lonely and separated, but uh, I can't, uh, I couldn't say at that time from what aspect uh, in particular. And um, I can't say now that uh, I have uh, an answer. I can't say now that uh, what I felt and what I went through, because um, it had been a very tough year for me as a writer. 
uh, it was uh, it were um, I don't know other writers or literary festival or new voices or uh, books new books. It was just um, like um, like a feeling of that someone something was missing, and in the end I can identify it with my readers. I always uh, said, tell myself that I do not write books uh, just to to put down, put, to, just to find words to express what I have in my head. But because for for this purpose, I have my personal notebook. Mm-hmm. If I write, is uh, for is um, to share something with other people. For me, it's very very clear the separation, the line that separates. Uh, uh, what I write for my audience and what I write for myself. And this quarantine, uh, paradoxically, mm, broke this uh, rule. I, for a month, I couldn't, um, I couldn't but, um, define, I couldn't um, separate what these uh, two levels of writing. Sometimes I had the impression to write for myself, but I was, uh, I was looking for um, a publisher. And but in the other side, when my publisher asked me to publish what I was um, writing, I, I refused. So it was a very, very it was and still is somehow a very chaotic uh, um, moment for me. Not because I miss um, I don't know I miss something in particular, but I miss uh, somehow that clarity. I think also it might be useful just right now to talk about the, the story of how you began writing, because I think it's really relevant to what you're saying now. Yeah. You started writing because of, is this right that you started writing because of a question a student asked you? Yes, it is. Yes. And thank you for, for, for remembering, <laughs> for remembering this because uh, yes, my, I wrote a, uh, actually I my first book, the first book I wrote a, uh, in my life, uh, it was not the first book I write. Uh, I mean, it was the first book published, but not the first book I, I wrote because uh, I was so used since I was a child to write down ideas, but in general, mm, stories that I wanted to share with people around me. So in that case, it was, I, mean, I think, more than 10, 10 years ago, I was uh, a teacher of ancient Greek uh, and the student asked me why ancient Greek is so difficult to understand and so I write down some pages for for that student. Uh, it was just um, years later that a publisher asked me to write a full book but in my mind as a writer um, that uh, that story was um, was already end was uh, was done. And uh, this is very interesting because this year I published a book, but uh, of course I was not allowed uh, to, to to present it or to meet my my readers. And somehow that book for me disappeared. Mm. I mean, it was printed. I have that book in my um, here at my place, but for me it doesn't really exist. And the only moment that the book becomes real is when it is when I I talk about it or I share it with my with my partner. But in a, it, it looks like that I'm kind of or oral writer like Homer in the in the ancient Greece. I need to 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 share to I need to talk about what I write. Do you feel like? 
over the over your writing career or I guess since you've been writing for such a long time the answer must be yes to this but maybe you can describe it has has the person that you're writing for changed like has the tone that you use to communicate changed those are two different questions I guess um I'm I don't know what to say. Uh, it's curious because uh, just before this uh, this, post, uh, this podcast, uh, I was um, I was uh, with uh, um, I was with a friend. We are um, I was um, looking. Uh, I was uh, reading the the French translation, the French version of my new book, and uh, he told me, "But wow, this is your story." And I and I answered, "But no, it's not my story." But I realized. That there is a lot of me uh, in my book, even uh, in some way. I even if I don't, um, I don't feel conscious. So about the tone, if it changes, uh, I I don't know. I would like to say no. When I start writing a book uh, or a book or a text, uh, that book exists in my mind uh, for long. Uh, now I'm writing a new book, but the first time. Uh, I had uh, that idea in my mind was, um, I, I think, three years ago. So it looks like uh, that uh, I, um, I discussed the book so long with myself uh, that uh, in the end um, I never asked myself, oh, wow, how, how, how the target could be or how uh, the readers could feel. Um, I just write. Did the book that, come out, that came out this year, is that a book that you wrote over the course of quarantine, or was it already written before? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, well, the story it were, is this. Um, I was thinking um, to write uh, a book. I was. Um, I had already had. Um, uh, I had already had a contract with my publisher. I was living in Rome at that time. It was uh, end December of uh, 2019. And, uh, and and but it was a book the subject the Virgil they need, um, but that uh, book they start um, I had it in my mind uh, for at least ten years. I found notes that I took uh, when I was still at university, uh, so it was a long time that I was thinking to write about the subject. But then the quarantine and the lockdown started here in Europe, and I found myself stuck at home completely alone with my dog and with this idea of um, of book. And paradoxically, yes, the subject remained the same, but the main idea changed. Um, the idea of the book, I, was, um, I remember that uh, in 2019 I was thinking about writing a funny, ironic book about uh, the um, about the, the, the endurances uh, that is the main subject they need. And then when I found myself stuck the, with the obligation to endure and to resist, I found it so down some way less funny. That um, then I, I had in my mind. You said that um, in the beginning. You said that you're you you are grateful for the time that you've had this year to think about what you want your role to be, um, which I think is an interesting question for somebody who has who like came into writing so naturally and so young because you started doing it before you could really think of what you wanted to be doing it for. Yeah. 
Um, so what, what does that mean for you? What, what, what have you come, what conclusions have you come to and has that changed the way you think about what you do? But I, I have to, uh, to say, to admit that this crazy pandemic year was for me the first and only time in my life and in my career as a writer, the first time I stopped F and uh, I start realizing that I am a writer. As you said, I start uh, being a writer. I always, uh, I have always written in my life. Uh, so I consider that I was a writer before publishing my first book. But when I, uh, I did it, I published my first book. Everything went so, so fast. I found myself involved in so many situations that I didn't even expect in my life, that I simply didn't have time to think about my role as an as a writer, as intellectual, I just found myself stuck. And I was, it was funny sometimes. It was tiring or exhausting or even, for me, meaningless sometimes. And this year, when I found stuck myself at home, I started thinking, I remember that one day I woke up and I, I, I told myself, wow, or damn, I'm a writer. And this really changed a lot of things in my life. And it took time, a lot of time. It took a lot of energies. It was really, really hard for me uh, to be more concrete. I was always, um, um, to start writing, I was always waiting for um, for, um, for um, said not really suggestion, but I was always waiting for input from the outside. A newspaper calling me saying, okay, let's do this. Uh, a publisher say, what do you think about this idea or not? So I was always thinking that uh, publishing, um, that writing came, uh, come after uh, an input. And it's been not that, uh, that long, two, three months that I found myself so free and liberating. Now I decided. I, I now I can. Um, now I decided. I, I oblige myself to first. I write what I really feel, and then I um, I will look for a publisher later. That is fascinating, um, because I'd never thought of it that way. I think I think that um, there's so much pressure for writers. Well, there are two kinds of pressure. There's the kind that you just described, which is like people coming to you and asking questions and then you feel a lot of pressure to answer the questions that you've just been asked well and try and figure out what it is that you think about those things. That's one kind and it's sort of, um, it's more ordinary. But this other kind, which is like amorphous and you're right that it comes to you in silences, is the voice in your head asking you what it is that you have to say when no one's asking you a question. Like if you're just if you just have to figure out for yourself what it is that matters to you um, and create something that way. So that's, it's interesting that, that you describe that as freedom um, because it can often feel like just pressure or it can, I think it can be really scary for some writers or for, for artists also. Yeah, yes, uh, I see. And uh, it was uh, scaring for me, and it is uh, still scaring for me too. Uh, it's it's been like um, I don't know. It is like the, the, this pandemic here, uh, day after day, day by day, month by month. Um, somehow, for me, um, 
took off the all the all the not I can't I don't want to say the pressure um, took off um, to my writing everything that was not uh, related to writing and so I was uh, forced to to discover what writing really is for me. Uh, I well remember that uh, when uh, it was last February, uh, last February, the February 2020, uh, when I started receiving email from all around the world, uh, you know, the festival in South America wrote me that the festival is postponed, and then another one, and I found within three days I found my planning completely empty. This was something that had never happened uh, in years and years. And my reaction at that time was of, uh, of um, a kind of joy. And I told myself, wow, are you going to stay at home with your dog and with your books for at least three weeks? You are not going uh, to, to, to live at a, in, in airport. Uh, you are going to, 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 do, to have a healthy food, a normal life. So, I, um, and I said it with a guilty sensation because, um, I mean, I told myself, wow, wow, this is not that normal, this is a pandemic, and I felt myself, I feel myself free and liberated from all the pressure. So this was, the, the, the for me, the starting point of a deep um, uh, reflection about, uh, about writing. That's why I was saying before that uh, this pandemic, yeah, uh, this pandemic um, forced me to to really see what writing is and what writing is not. Um, I was thinking when I was I was just rereading your essay before we started, and I was struck by the way that you use language. You use names to talk about the essences of of the things that they're describing, which means that. It's, it's focusing on the part of an individual's identity that is ascribed to them by outsiders. Um, so if, if you're Andrea because somebody calls you that, that means that the, the way that you are perceived is as essential to you as whatever it is that you would be when you're not perceived. Um, that's, that's sort of what your essay for us in the first issue is about. Do you think that that's right? That's, a, that's an accurate characterization? Oh, I love this um, this reflection because um, yeah, um, I, I have the tendency to to think exactly uh, uh, what you described, but not falsely uh, related to writing. I was sure, and I am sure that um, I'm a writer, but I was sure of it even years before before uh, publishing a book. And uh, paradoxically for me. Uh, I'm sure that I will always be a writer, but I'm not sure that I will always pub- will publish books. Mm. This is for me in my in my life, in my personal life, is the only uh, it's the only case where my write my writing is not um, defined by the other's per- perception. Mm. Like even if you were writing just for yourself, you would still be a writer, even if no one was reading it. Mm. Yes, maybe in my case the the danger was exactly the the, the opposite. I during this year before the pandemic, I was um, I had the tendency to identify with writing so many things that now I well know that are that are not um, 
falsely ever something to do with writing. It's interesting because I think that so so much of what comes across in your writing, I mean, not everything that you've written has been translated into English. So I've only I've only ever read what what is available in English, and maybe this isn't true of your other writings, but so much of it is about um, observing people and. It, it's so clear that you pay very close attention to to the people around you, like the way that they behave, their mannerisms. Even even at the description of the end of the essay, I'm sorry that I keep referring to it, but I, I've been thinking about it a lot, of the woman who wrote the article about anxiety in the New York Times, um, or the woman who's described in that article. It's it's as if you imagined what she was like because you'd been paying you'd been paying such close attention to people who are like her. You're, you're a very keen observer of people. So even if your writing isn't for them to read, it's about other people. Is that right? Is that, do you think that that's essential to your process? Yes, that's so right. And of course, this, um, this year obliged me to force me to, to look for others, um, others, um, inspiration. Um, others' inspiration, but others' perception, it uh, forced me to to train more my concentration and my clarity. Uh, now it's been a year that uh, I can say that I I see five people and no more five thousand people, but um, I have to say that uh, it's even harder to keep this concentration, this attention. Uh, while sharing the same room for month and for month. But um, the things we can notice, we can analyze, we can tell about the same person, the same thing that uh, goes on every day, day by day, for month, even more. This is effectively nice way more deep and somehow more sincere. There was a period in your life, um, in high school, I think, when you didn't speak or you didn't speak very much at all. And I wonder, do you, do you think that that period in your life prepared you to become such a careful observer of other people because you were watching so intensely and not thinking about what you had to say about what it is that you were seeing? Mm. Oh, this is a, a very difficult question. Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember that period in my life, uh, of my life, uh, so that inspiring or so that um, uh, deep. Uh, I mean, I was just um, living in a kind of um, ice surface. Um, but of course, um, that uh, that period um, showed me the the depth of pain and the depth of the untold pain. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about what that period in your life was just for people who don't know or do you want to move on? We can move on. No, we can talk about it but because, well, now I speak and sometimes I speak too <laughs> much, but I still have the same, um, the same attitude toward pain or in general what makes me suffer. If, some, if something um, hurt me, uh, I still have the tendency to to hide. It. Mm, I'm not the kind of person that cry or that uh, claim for attention. 
paradoxally, my way to claim uh, for attention is still the silence. And, and this makes me really frustrated See now. At that time, I was, um, I was a teenager. I lost my mother. I was alone. And uh, mm, silence for me, it was uh, um, the only way I knew to protect myself from that pain. Um, in my mind, uh, um, I tried to protect myself uh, without, um, with the conviction that uh, if I didn't talk, so that I didn't feel. But it was not that uh, it didn't work, and it still doesn't work. Yeah. So it even even for yeah. you, it's not it's not just that you don't talk about your pain with other people, it's that you don't even look at it yourself. You're not even trying to figure out what it is that you're feeling and why. Yeah. Well, yes. We I always talk about pain, but uh, this happened to me even with joy, even with happiness. And uh, for me, it was, uh, it was uh, hard to say when... Um, what, um, well, today I'm, uh, I feel I feel good. Hmm. Now I promise myself that every single time I feel to celebrate a single moment, single year, I share it. That's why I, I say that I speak too much. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, when you said that this year you've had time to reflect and think about what it is that you have to say without any kind of prompting um, from outside, are these ideas that you have? Is this the role that you want to play publicly? Do you not want to talk about it because you feel like these are things that are private for yourself that you're not doing for other people or for an audience? But, um, you know, when uh, all the pandemic start, uh, started, uh, um, I had that project of uh, writing, writing a new book. I felt myself alone in um, at home. So somehow I felt uh, protected, uh, as it, um, it was my every word saying. Uh, I felt, um, of course, I was scared. I was so scared. I felt myself uh, enormously alone. But uh, that side, I cut off all the social network. I barely answered to my publisher, to my friend. And I remember that I really spent three months only me and uh, my book. But it was a kind of or arrogant, uh, selfish way to, to live. I mean, in my mind, uh, I say, uh, I told myself, wow, you have three months, three, three months uh, to just to, 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 to be focused on writing. And when the first, uh, uh, I don't know how you say in English, when the first um, lockdown ended, I, um, I was expecting to... To, to go out, to, to go back to normal life with a new book in my pocket and say, okay, let's, uh, let's start again. But um, so, yes, I spent three, four months completely, completely, completely alone, but this was a, a kind of bad loneliness. And um, when, um, whenever, after a few months, after six months, I really felt. Uh, the need to share, to share publicly, to share a political way, um, a political a political vision of what was happening. I found myself thousand times more involved in, uh, um, in political subject like um, as writing, as uh, as feminism. I found myself um, 
um, grown up, I had to. How did that manifest the political activity? Was that in your writing or was that just privately in, in conversations that you were having or what you were thinking about? Um, but um, ah, that's a very nice. Um, I, I mean, I always say that uh, writing is for me a political, um, a political uh, activity. I can't imagine writing without a political side. I write about my personal vision of uh, of life, of things, and of course, it is a political vision. I can't separate the the, the two hmm. sides. Mm, but day by day, I, I feel um, um, I feel more and more seduced by the idea of um, a political, um, a even more political um, manifest um, or um, engagement. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily intuitive that you, you would think of your writing as um, essentially political because you're writing about ancient Greeks. So, um, can you talk about? You said, I mean, you are describing the way that you think people should behave. Um, But can you talk a little bit about how ancient Greek can be a vehicle for someone to talk about the way that they think people should live now? I know that's a very big question for you. Yes, that's a very big question, but I have a, a very simple answer. Um, if I write about ancient Greek, it's not only because I think it's a very nice and poetical language, but um, I mean, in, um, the subject is the education, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the this is the the most um, the most urgent thing now after one year of the of pandemic when the school had been closed where we start using a new way for teaching children like um, like digital ways to teach children without considering what will be the result in for this generation in terms of knowledge in terms of um, in terms of um, in terms of education and um, no one as I mean here in Europe education like uh, okay we have to close the school for one year how do we deal not only with children who are supposed to go to school but what, what we do we deal with people who are completely abandoned alone at home for one year uh, what can they do with this uh, unexpected free time uh, what a citizen uh, needs like in an intellectual way to stand this uh, pandemic and uh, getting back to ancient Greek. But for me, society like the ancient Greek one who placed the, the education like the first and only value, uh, for me, something very, very inspirating now. So it's not, just, it's not just the language for you, it's the way of life that the language was a part of and that um, you can still understand from studying language yes. itself. Yes, and then of course, like uh, Virginia Woolf, I I ask myself every single day, how did they make it? How uh, a very very small city like it was Athens in the fifth century before Jesus Christ, in this in one single century, because at least we, we talk about ancient Greek, but the the golden age for ancient Greek it was just a, um, it was just a century, the fifth one. How they did it how they, they found the, the, 
but the energy and the, to explore every single side of human life, uh, starting from inventing philosophy, inventing theater, inventing astronomy, and so on. Wow. Now that you've had the opportunity, I, I see now what you were saying, and now that you've had, I mean, before about the effect of the pandemic on your self-perception as a writer, this makes a lot of sense now. Um, through the lens that you just described. So do you think that um, the your relationship with the literary world before the pandemic um, can ever be restored in the same way now that your self-perception as a writer has changed so dramatically and sort of been focused more intensely on what you think your public role should be? Ah, yes, that's a very interesting question. And you helped me a lot to think about this, um, this subject when uh, you sent me a text uh, asking me this. Uh, but in general, I'm very scared. I'm very scared because I'm a slow person. I'm not that fast to, to switch uh, routines and habits. So I'm very scared that uh, within two or three months, everything will restart exactly the same uh, of before. Mm, but I will remember that uh, in the winter 2020, mm, all that uh, was requested to my public roles was to support um, library and bookstore to share. Uh, I don't know to share videos or to share um, to share sentences about the importance of uh, reading and of writing. Um, and I felt uh, that um, so a little bit um, uncomfortable. I felt like uh, we were all, um, um, it was like, a, I don't know, um, an advertising uh, machine because uh, my role is not to promote uh, nor writing, nor reading, nor bookstore, but it, it, it is, a, it is a to think about. Uh, and to think uh, and thinking requires uh, time, to t- a lot of time before talking about uh, what, in case, eventually, uh, we thought. Uh, but uh, I would like to answer, yes, yes, I think that, uh, um, I hope that um, my attitude and my public role as a writer uh, would change. Um, of course, at, at least, I will, I will be, I, am, I will be, as I am now, less scared to take position. Now I know that uh, everything, we, all we need is to take take position, and it is, uh, as Chomsky said, it is our first responsibility. Um, I didn't realize, I think you, you put this so beautifully, your, your role as a writer is not to promote writing or reading, it is to think. And um, you're right that the pandemic made, forced writers to realize this in, in a new way. Um, but you also have been describing your writing process, which I didn't ask you about, but I guess, I guess I'll just ask you overtly now. Um, you've said that, you know, it takes you years and years to write a book and it's a, it's a long process. Is it, um, is it the accumulation of many thoughts over time about a specific subject that matters to you? And then you're finally ready to sit down and write it. What is it? What does it look like? Yes, it's a, it's kind of like this. My writing process, it's an, an accumulation, an accumulation year by year, and then I start writing because I'm exhausted. 
um, to accumulate and I start writing because there is no more space to accumulate more. Um, uh, when I start writing, it's because it's really, really urgent to do, to do this. Um, and I'm living it now. Uh, it's very urgent for me to to take a step um, a step back, to cut myself off from the world or from the noise and uh, to start writing. It's really urgent. Uh, it's something that uh, involves every single part of my life. I can't even walk in the street without uh, thinking about uh, what I will write in the wow. It's like giving birth. It's fully formed. Once once you're ready, once you're ready, it's because it's the entire thing is just inside you. You have to, yes. you have to get yes. it out of you. Exactly. Um, fascinating. So I'm very excited to see you when this is over. And I'm also excited to see how your role changes and how your writing changes. Um, and I hope that when this is over, um, we'll be able to sit in the same room and have conversations like this very soon. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, you, you asked me once, you asked me, but what exactly you miss of a literary world or, um, or, or literary scene? And this was a very smart question I, because um, this forced me to, to think about uh, this. Do I miss the, I don't know, the festivals or conference or book signature? But absolutely not. <laughs> I miss them talk like, uh, like this one. I miss uh, the. The, um, I miss to, to share and to see ideas go. And I always say, talking about writing process or my role as intellectual, that uh, I don't write books alone and I even can't uh, um, ever or grow my ideas alone. It's like a garden. I can put the, the first grain, but then I really need a, I talk like this to see the brain definitely go. Yeah, I feel like that also. And I felt, I felt since, you know, we met for like two days, we were in the same place. Um, and I know for, for, for me, I can't write without having a particular kind of dialogical partner. I need somebody who will ask questions that I'm not going to think of about ideas that yes. really matter to me. And I have felt I knew that you were that person um, or one of those people when I met you and I feel robbed because I really think it's, you can't, it's very difficult to do it over a computer screen or over the phone. You really have to be in the same room. Um, And that has been, I mean, just talking about myself for five seconds, that has been really difficult for me over the course of the pandemic. I can't write without being in the same room with a mind like that. Um, And I feel like I've been, cut off from them so when I say that I, I can't wait to be able to actually see you and talk with you and see your body language responding to the things that I'm saying so I can tell what it is that you're saying and not saying um, I really need that for myself for my own ideas yeah it's exactly the same for me I so invite Proust that uh, locked himself uh, in his room for 20 years and then he wrote uh, like a church. For me, it doesn't work like this. I start getting even more frustrated and I start torturing people around me. Why don't you ask me this? Yeah. Yeah, mm. me too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. And Thank you. I can't wait to have you back in Thank Liberties you. in um, future issues. And I, I will see you next, I hope, next year.
Yeah, me too. Do you think that the the symposium will take place this year, 2021? That's the yeah, we're talking about the Nexus Symposium, um, which is where we met. Yeah. Thank you to Evelyn and Rob. Yes. Um, and I, I hope that it will take place. And if, if it does, I hope that I will go to Paris afterwards and we will be able to be in Paris together. Yes. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Andrea. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that conversation. If you enjoyed it and you have not yet subscribed to Liberties, head over to libertiesjournal.com and get on that. Um, we are going to launch a digital, digital subscription very soon, at which time it will be possible for you to read Andrea's essay and every other essay we've ever published online. Um, that's coming soon, so stay tuned for that. <laughs>